Hi, my friends. Welcome. This is the Back to Me podcast, and this is Heather, and I am super excited that you're here. You are going to hear some tips and some tricks and some ideas to help you live your happiest and healthiest self. I call it Back to Me because when you are taking care of yourself, Back to Me, then you can take better care of others, and we can all make the world a better place. This is Wellness Your Way, and I am super happy that you're here. Hello, my friend. How are you? I hope you're having an outstanding day. This is Heather. This is the Back to Me podcast. This is super amazing because I have Dr. Jean Marie Farish with me today. Love, light. I just feel like that's enough. That describes you perfectly. <laughs> Love, light. The Voice of America Empowerment Show. So, is your show called Love, light? How does yes. that work? It's Love Light. Uh, it's a World Talk Radio uh, empowerment show. We air every Friday live and shows are on demand. And I'm going into my fourth year. So I have guests from all over the world who join us on empowering topics. So we invite your listeners to tune in. <laughs> Absolutely. I love sharing new um, things for people to access to help them. And so you've been doing this for four years and I find it fascinating going into four years. So I was reading some of what you've done and you've done so much like you like books and you've formed centers and you're working on all kinds of things. So how, what initially got you into this realm of um, this, what brought you into this realm of love and light and helping so many people? Thank you so much, Heather, for asking uh, that question. And I must say, I'm delighted to be on your podcast today. I was, I spent uh, a 28-year career in higher education. I was a department chair and professor of a counseling department. And uh, of course, all of my writing and work was more so academic. Oh. But, but actually, I always was a truth seeker and after reaching certain milestones, I just still felt like something was missing. I had a longing for something. I, as an educator and teaching students, I asked myself a series of questions. Who am I? Why am I here? I was a truth seeker. <laughs> and I, I had this tick list of all the things that I wanted to do in my life. And I had checked off most of them. And I was still <laughs> like unfulfilled. And um it kind of led me on this journey of seeking uh, uh, truth, more about myself, more about love, you know, more about, uh, you know, this connectedness. I felt like a disconnect with my my true self after reaching those milestones and those societal, uh, familial, uh, cultural expectations that we fulfill. And I had an opportunity after <laughs> reaching a dark night of the soul to be invited to Malaysia to work at a university there. And it was there where I went into peace and love and I found myself and all the encounters that I experienced uh, with priests and working and volunteering uh, at the university, traveling in throughout Southeast Asia. And at the end of my journey, I asked myself a question. I got an epiphany that the journey was all about love. And so right. there began my journey <laughs> into 
you know, more about, uh, you know, what love really is and what I was missing. But it, that was the beginning of my search. That's um, that's a that's compresses a lot of stuff into one little nugget of information. But something that I just that came to me, you're talking about all these milestones, all these boxes that we check. And I and, you know, who am I? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? I find all of the the boxes that we're trying to check are external to us. Yes. And that's where we yes. feel some like we get if you are lucky enough to check all of these boxes that you think you're supposed to check and you still feel that um, almost like empty or dissatisfied or something's not right. It's you haven't checked your internal compass, right? Yes. yes. And, and found that what is, what is actually my internal milestone that I'm looking at? And I find, do you find that a lot of people it is, they come to that realization that it's, something inside them and it's often somehow connected with love however you would define it that's a wonderful uh, uh insight that you share because i think people are longing you know for something more and i call it uh, after i left malaysia i wrote my first book the long journey home because because i felt like i had started the journey back to myself and I right. think we become disconnected from our true self. And as you so eloquently stated, we're so busy looking at these outside uh, forces uh, to find the love or feel worthy or good enough. And it doesn't come from outside. It comes from within. And amazingly enough, if you're lucky <laughs> on your spiritual journey, <laughs> you'll become more consciously aware. And sometimes it, it can take you to that dark night of the soul where you're you know, you, you have really just drained yourself and you feel, you know, this sense of unfulfillment or whatever. And it kind of brings you back to this journey to yourself that we are longing to connect to. And I don't think people should be afraid, like the way we describe it as, you know, that dark night of the soul. I think people are afraid of it because they don't want to know yes. <laughs> what's, what's down there. And... You know, it might not be pleasant, but there's a there's another side. Like there's an there's an after. I'm I'm just reminded of a friend that I had. This was many years ago, who was I called him a serial dater because he was never <laughs> single. And I said, why don't you just like yeah. hang out with yourself? He said he didn't like himself. So that was, and I wasn't on this journey at that time. Uh, or I guess I was just in the beginnings of it. I didn't know I was on this journey at that time. And at the time I thought, oh my gosh, how terrible that you wouldn't want to spend time with yourself. And who else is going to be around all the time but you? But right? Heather, let's, let's face it, to be alone with yourself. I mean, we're always talking to ourselves. And True. You know, I, I try to show people how to treat themselves well with more respect and love because the things that we tell ourselves, you wouldn't tell to your worst enemy. <laughs> so, no. so the point is uh, how to be alone with yourself, the opportunity for self-reflection, self-introspection, to be 
your own best friend to befriend yourself and to love your own company because to sit and face yourself, a lot of people can't stand that and they get distracted with people, dating, outside things. and Smartphones. Yes, smartphones, <laughs> anything that's a distraction. But when all is said and done, you have to come home to yourself. I mean, late at night when, you know, the distractions cease or whatever, you know, you, I think you have to come to terms with that at some point and face yourself. Well, it's funny because that's how the name of this podcast came about back to me because yes. I was in the hospital and no one could visit me because of COVID at the time. And because of what was going on, I couldn't, I couldn't escape into my phone or anything. So I was... I was there with myself. Yes. Might as well just sit and have a chat with myself about where I'm going and what I'm doing and what's next, you know. Yes. Like, yes. But I wouldn't wish that on people to have their experience it that way. But the universe decided that I, I was okay with that method of communication. You know, she's ready. We'll just stick her in the hospital for a few days. But um, when you were in Malaysia, um, this is such an issue. I, that's one of the places I haven't been yet. And what kind of experiences, what kind of experiences helped gel that for you in Malaysia? I'm just super curious on what it was. Malaysia is like my home. <laughs> in ah. fact, in fact, uh, I really had a past life there because I felt so familiar with the, the land, the people, and I felt at home. I, ah. I, I, I really, I, I felt totally at home and there were people there who it's like we had this connection and every time I went to an event or uh, and it was all about love. It's like this message of love kept circulating over and over and over. And I had the opportunity to spend and have time to spend uh, with priests to learn more about life and myself and, you know, I, I had teamwork with the staff there. We traveled to indigenous communities. It was a very loving culture, multicultural with uh, Indian, Malay, you know, uh, just uh, all kinds of people there. But it was a very loving environment, very tropical, beautiful. And I found so much peace there. And it's like spirit gifted me with that opportunity to go there just like you said you were in the hospital <laughs> yeah. like spirit said okay i'm going to give you this opportunity to go to spend six months there and so i was immersed in love and you know the festivities the the lectures the the interactions with the faculty just it was just in the priests like i said all of the encounters really shaped my life and i had the quiet time to really spend and get to know myself in an environment that was fully beautiful and loving. And it is sometimes you have to go. So we're in North America, which is, you know, where we live and grew up. And, but I have found in the places that I travel, that other cultures view um, that personal connection yes. so much more, more well differently than North Americans and so much more important like we it's not that we don't find friendships important but it's there's there's a different flavor to it 
in, I found when I, when I was in India, when we were in Vietnam, um, even like I was just in Egypt, it's just a different um, sensation almost that comes from it. So Malaysia must be very similar to that. Yes. Uh, and I'm glad that you brought up the point about the relationship aspect. And of course, me spending a career in academia, it's like the first thing we looked at was do they meet the educational requirements to be the faculty? <laughs> and of course, in when I was in Malaysia and I was there several times before they invited me to come there for six months to help them write a book, uh, they, I realized that relationships came before your intellect. You had right. to have a uh, the relationship aspect established. And after I was there several times, they invited me back to stay uh, for six months. And of course, like you traveling to India and other places, uh, I find that simplicity, yes. that simplicity in the peace. I mean, I you can imagine in Malaysia, I had to live simplistically. I didn't drive, I, I walked, I walked to work every day, you know, to see the beauty and it was like, gosh, this is so simple and refreshing. So it was refreshing. But relationships came first. Relationships come first. And it's interesting that they, they want they had to check you out that many times. Well, let's just see. Does is will she fit in? And um it is true that people will think, you know, oh, it's third world countries. It's it is it has less conveniences, but I don't know that conveniences have created that much, as you were saying, it hasn't made our lives simpler. Having conveniences has made it more complicated and I feel like more separation. This is so true, this separation aspect. And even in Malaysia, we have to understand that uh, they, you know, there's still the elements of the ancient culture there, but it's still very aesthetic and, I mean, high level living or whatever. So it's a combination of everything because, you know, I visited the in indigenous communities and, of course, then some of the more, uh, you know, it's, what can I say, uh, beautiful and, 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 and uh, places to live and stay or whatever. So it's a combination of everything, but you experience the fullness. But, right. but within the midst of that, it's like there's no egoic kind of aspect of it. Here we are here, but we're still the same people. Here we are in the indigenous community. We're, you know, we're still the same people. And the projects that I uh, participated in were uh, the, the university, University of Science Malaysia, worked with the business industry and the community to bring forth services throughout Southeast Asia. Oh. <laughs> so it was a different mission of service. And I, right. to see the university in the, you know, community doing such good service, I was just privileged to be a part of that. So did your wholehearted loving, you can see that was the seed specifically in Malaysia that planted that? It was the seed because as I indicated at the end of my journey, I was at an event, uh, a, a Chinese festival sponsored by the students. They were at doing charity work at an 
home for at the home for the elders. And that was, I think I had a couple of days to go. That was the last event because I was the writer. I helped them write a book. And nice. I was at this event and all of a sudden I got quiet within myself and it's like tears came to my eyes. Mm. And I asked my spirit, what is the real purpose of this journey? And it's like spirit whispered in my ear, it was all about love. It was all about love, just like that. And I was like, oh, my God. So that was the seed that was planted because it was there that I learned really the meaning of love and how to love myself and in an environment where people loved and cared for each other. That was the seed. And then how do you bring that back? So having that kind of experience is so amazing where you finally go, oh, my gosh, I get it. Now what do I do with it? It's like what you said <laughs> about being in the hospital and even your journeys. Spirit used me for the purpose. Now, if you had a, uh, told me years ago that I'd be on a radio show, <laughs> love light and writing books about love and, you know, going on other journeys, I'd say, are you nuts? <laughs> because I was in academia and right. I spent my career there and I had no thought about you know, leaving that, but the time came for me to leave and I voluntarily transitioned or retired from higher education because I really didn't fit anymore there. When after that experience in Malaysia, it's like, okay, spirit, like, okay, it's time for you to go. So I created my nonprofit organization. I developed programs for the children's hospital, <laughs> you know. Uh, right. I, yeah, other I did, stuff I wanted you to talk yeah. about, like all these programs you were yeah. creating. Yeah, and spirit, it was, and I don't, uh, I, I pay homage to spirit for the guidance and for those who helped with the project because we had the project for, we had a cultural arts festival in the hospital <laughs> for wow. the children, uh, family, caregivers, staff, you know, we had people that came in and did magic shows, told stories, did artwork. We brought the community to the hospital. And that's what I did after I transitioned from higher education. I spent two years doing that after getting a grant funded, partially funded by the Mississippi Arts Commission. Wow. And I enjoyed that. <laughs> right. And it's too bad, like I was thinking about it, it's too bad that because I feel like education is a place where you can access adding, like giving that to people as a way of thinking. But if the, if I guess it's, if it's not ready for it, it's not ready for it. And you got to find your way to share it. May I share something with you? Absolutely. When I returned from Malaysia, I was really a different person. I was healthier, happier. When I went there, I was a little bit, <laughs> but I was healthier, I was happier, I was more at peace within myself. It was kind of difficult for me to get back into the same environment. Right. And I thought about, I uh, asked my dean, who was the dean then, I said, look, why don't we sponsor a project for the community? I have some great ideas. And I created a, a, a project uh, pep for angels or uh, life care wellness pep for angels to bring in the community do a lot of projects I was trying to model the university projects from Malaysia right. and uh, I was told we're not we don't want that 
I set up one event and maybe a couple of people came. Wow. And so that was my time to say, okay, you're trying to do something that, that and, and there's no disrespect for <laughs> that. I'm just voicing you what, where I, what I wanted to do after getting back from a place where I experienced that camaraderie, service, uh, leadership. And one thing Dr. Uh, Prof. Dotto Seixing May, she was the vice chancellor then. She was the one who invited me there. And she said, a university that sits in the community and doesn't do anything for you or the community shouldn't exist. And she, they were very adamant about that. And I right. was like, oh, my God, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because mostly universities are just themselves. They're just like, we're just here to train future workers, you know, and I don't know of any universities really that are involved like that in community projects. Well, I mean, we spent weekends going to community centers where they had set up medical uh, facilities for the people and the people were caring for the facility and uh, Prof. Dotto Seixing May will go there and do workshops on stress management and it was like people could gather there the children the families and you know it was I was like gosh this is this is interesting but but aside from that that was in Penang but there were so many projects uh, in Vietnam and all across Southeast Asia because they connected with like I said businesses and other universities and right. the community to serve. So I came back with this <laughs> enlightened mission of service. But So this your Center for Conscious Living, is that now taking that role on for Actually, projects? what I'm doing, uh, the sponsoring of projects like the, uh, uh, the uh, children's project for the hospital, and I had the nonprofit organization, Life Care Wellness, PEP for Angels. That was my first organization that was specifically focused on enriching uh, the community with an emphasis on children hospitalized. So that What's was my uh, Life Care Wellness, PEP for Angels. That was PEP my for Angels. That was my first, that was a nonprofit organization that I created after I transitioned from the university with a focus on children hospitalized. So that was my first mission. So the uh, the uh, Center for Conscious Loving kind of came later, you know, right. but I was, yeah, yeah. But it's, I mean, think about like, I know we have here um, specific children's hospitals where the children are all together and um, not everywhere, but they try to have places for the families to stay. And because you don't want to be away from your kid when they're True. sick and in the hospital. And, but they need support too. You know, it's, it's like having something that can support everyone in that whole situation. And right. here, and the project was sponsored through the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And right. of course, they have places where their the family members could go. And I must share with you that I did volunteer at the hospital. Uh, I was a volunteer at the hospital. I would greet uh, after I retired, and uh, I would greet families, and I would serve coffee, and that was kind of the first step before I progress toward, you know, getting the grant. And do you think that you would have come to this place of being able to help so many people if you hadn't gone to your 
personal, you know, self-love area place? I would not have because you have to learn to love yourself and care for yourself first. That's what was focused on in Malaysia. It's almost like they knew something about me. And it was all about self-love, self-care. I was helping them write a book and I was so intensely involved. And sometimes they say, okay, prof, it's time to take a break. Let's go such and such. And we go laugh and eat and, you know, just have fun. And, but the point is you have to get in touch with yourself, that long journey home back to yourself as you have on your podcast. So rightfully so named back to me. I had to come back to myself, but it was a gradual process because when I left Malaysia, it took me a while to kind of process what happened to you, but I journaled every day. And then when I got home, I wrote the book, The Long Journey Home to capture what I went through. And I realized it's like, this. I didn't process this all of a sudden. I had to gradually, gradually right. understand what happened. And how, because I know that some people, when I tell them the name of my podcast, they, they think it's a selfish thing, you know, because it, in popular vernacular, there was that little back to me, back to me, but um, being able to have people feel comfortable with the idea that taking care of yourself actually is the least selfish thing you can do. Very well said. <laughs> <laughs> very well said and what are you what are your thoughts on it i mean because oh. now that you've gone through that and you've written books like i haven't written a book i give you big marks for getting out there and spreading the word i i would say that spirit has used me to do that you know just like you, you were talking about your journey my mm -hmm. journey took me to a whole different point like i indicated earlier if you had told me I would leave higher education, <laughs> you know, I would have told you you're nuts. But I, <laughs> with spirit, I was inspired to do so. And um, <clears throat> I think the journey to self-love, self-care, people think that it's selfish. From mm -hmm. my books that I've written, I've taught classes at Millsaps Enrichment Program. It's a Millsaps College Enrichment Program. So I uh, teach this class on uh, a love class. and and it's interesting because uh, I teach this model of love uh, to the students. And when I taught the model of love to them, and I said, these are things that you have to practice. These are the ingredients of love. And when they would practice them, they would have aha moments. They, and, and a lot of them would say, well, I love my children. I love my husband. I love my family. I said, but what about you? They said, I never thought about myself. It was oh like an aha moment for the, a lot of them. And they said, gosh, I feel so much better. And they say, my family is saying, what has happened? What are you doing? We like what's happening. <laughs> we like, and, and I said, educate them. Create the ripple for positive change. I said, educate them. Tell them what you're doing. But that's an example, Heather, of the right. aha moment of, I don't, you know, I love everyone, but I don't, but you can't fully, fully love others if you don't fully love and care for yourself. It's just something What kinds of things that. did you have them practice? I'm just well, curious. 
thank you for asking that question because I adopted uh, Henry Drummond's uh, uh, spectrum of love. Henry Drummond is a, a an 18th century noble Scottishman. He's a oh. he was a counselor, teacher, evangelist, world traveler. He analyzed love, and when I did my early research, uh, I was like, okay, let me really do some when I was that's very academic of you to go and yes, research yes, love. I, I had to research it I mean it's, it's embedded <laughs> in me so I had to research it here I am researching love 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 <laughs> and of course everything I found Heather was about romantic love yeah and so uh Henry Drummond uh I, I got a collection of his books and when I got back from Malaysia a spiritual friend of mine said you need this book on Drummond after sharing what you've experienced. You need this book. And so in this book, you know, Drummond really talked about love and uh, the spectrum of love. So to make a long story short, I adopt this as the holistic model of love. There are eight, I mean, excuse me, nine ingredients that I call the recipe of love. And they're gifts of love, and they're really divine love. And uh, if you'd like for me to share those nine ingredients, I will be happy to do so. I would and love can, that. And you can see why the, the, the students had those aha moments, because we look at love, Heather, uh, as what can, uh, casual sentiments of expressions of emotions. Yeah. I love you until you do something I don't like. <laughs> exactly. And, and love is more transactional in everyday life, right? Oh, that's a great way to describe it. And not only that, but we have this thought about, like I did, that I had to be, I had to overgive and please in order for you to, to be deserving of your love, which catapulted me into the dark night. Right. Uh, so, but uh, love is our divine birthright. And it comes from within, and we don't have to seek worthiness outside of ourselves. And that's that's one of the most uh, empowering lessons that I teach from. But we have to really learn what is love? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Without just going around saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then, you know, after a while, if you don't get the love in return, what happens? You feel resentful. Right. Right. I did this for you and you're not doing this for me. But taking care of ourselves, it teaches us how to love and respect ourselves. And so let me share those nine ingredients in the recipe of love. Yes. The first one is. And of course, let me just share you share with you that as Drummond indicated, they're all like colors of the rainbow. They all have to be practiced not one left out, which takes a lot of work, a lot of practice, and a lot of awareness in our daily lives. The first one is patience. Mm. Patience. To be patient with yourself, to be calm, not rushed, not in a hurry, to take time to pause, reflect, and make heartfelt decisions. So many times we're rushing around, you know, we're not listening to our heart, you know, we're not listening to the, looking for that intuitive guidance. And I know for myself, I made a lot of decisions that, <laughs> and choices that were not in my best interest. But needless to say, they brought me where I am. So yep. patience. 
So we have to practice patience, kindness, kindness. To be kind, treat yourself with compassion and loving kindness, to be considerate and thoughtful and compassionate about yourself. How you treat yourself, Heather, teach others how to treat you. And also it can be a model for others. Wow. She's, as the students in my class indicated, as I began to practice these, they saw that there were certain things that I stopped doing because it wasn't kind for myself. And ultimately, it had a drawback for, for others as well. So love and kindness. Uh, the next one, generosity. Generosity. Giving from a place of love is loving yourself first. And uh, to be generous with the spirit of gratitude creates a a powerful cycle of manifestation. What you give, you receive. So feelings of joy from acts of generosity are reciprocal. So be generous with our time, attention, and resources because it multiplies goodness and we pay it forward. But we have to learn to give from a place of generosity and love for from ourselves first because sometimes we give without you know from a what half empty (laughs) cup yes so you give with an expectation yes keeping score certainly certainly the next one is humility and that's to be humble not puffed up have this egoic way of being uh living uh this self-importance where we don't acknowledge our limitations we uh, and vulnerabilities. We uh, are not growing. We're not open to, to, to listening. We're not open to listening to that divine guidance because we think we know it all. <laughs> so <laughs> when we are humble, you know, we transform self-righteousness into healthy self-reverence. Right. So, so yeah. that's so important. The next one is courtesy to be polite, to be polite to ourselves. How often are we trying to be polite to others? (laughs) And we're not polite to ourselves. So by being polite to ourselves and courteous to ourselves, we affirm our own worth and value and dignity of ourselves as well. Uh, So, you know, as we look at the expressions of being courteous, May I help you? Please, thank you, excuse me, forgive me. These heartfelt expressions of love. Let's turn that inward and be polite to ourselves. <laughs> right, yeah. And and then good temper. That's another uh, ingredient in this recipe of love. To, be, uh, to not be provoked, ill-tempered, reactive, jealous, angry, envious. Uh, to make to remain well disposed, gracious, and non-reactive to chaos. How many times do we, you know, we not pre- we don't preserve our inner peace and get all intertwined with, uh, uh, you know, these thoughts that we have and, uh, uh, you know, how we treat ourselves, thinking evil about ourselves. You remember right. what I said earlier. We're always talking to ourselves, and sometimes yeah. the things we're telling ourselves are not really uh, good. And then, of course, uh, sincerity. Uh, that is really, uh, you know, being to accept what is real and true and to be honest and trustworthy. That's so important because it 
fosters trust in ourselves and in our relationship with others. And the the last uh, ingredient of love is guilelessness. And that's mm. really, uh, it's kind of an old-fashioned term, but it's really about not doing good and not thinking evil, you know, not right. wishing evil for ourselves and evil for others or bad thoughts for others. So those are the nine ingredients in the recipe of love. And it's really about conscious loving. And it takes a lot to be aware of these and to practice them in your daily life. I know for me, I have to call myself out when I'm not being patient. I'm like, okay, you're not being patient. Shift. And amazingly enough, I remember I was on a call with someone helping me with my website. And at first I had this anxious thought and then I was like, okay, get calm, get patient. And the person who was helping me, they said, oh, you're so patient. And I was like, my <laughs> goodness, they called it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's one place where you can definitely need to practice those things with your website. Yes, yes. <laughs> but in our daily lives, you know. Right. So, but I was thinking like that list, like it sounds for some people, it might sound onerous. So many things. But I think it's like anything that you're learning, you know, in the beginning, you're stumble and you're like, oh, I forgot this one or I forgot that one. But after time, they just become, it becomes ingrained that you, yes, you, doesn't mean you're not, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. They already, everyone here knows I don't believe in perfection, but you will catch yourself sooner. Yes. When you are stepping out yes. of that alignment. Yeah. So you say, oh, yes. I can hear that. I With me, it's when I hear a tone of voice come out of me, I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> like that tone of voice. Yes. That's not who I want to be talking right now. <laughs> exactly. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. Because, Heather, you know, love is our natural state of being. It's like my the book I wrote you know, uh, uh, living in a spirit of love, our natural state of being, but we've forgotten that. Right. We, all these faulty beliefs out, uh, family, cultural, societal, institutional, we get further and further away from Let who we truly are. Outside you push you. Yes. Push you off, right. So we're returning to our, this helps us return to our natural state. And what I found based on my practice is that I'm, more alert and aware and i can i know okay you're thinking you're not in good temper so it's becoming more and more natural to me where i can call it out right and then shift or or ask myself some questions what is it that you're going through now that you 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 can't be you can't treat yourself with kindness Right. And I and I have to reflect and say, okay, this happened, that happened to honor my feelings, right? Right. And or I mean, I've been in the situation where there was I was not in a good space and um I couldn't get out of it. So I just removed myself <laughs> from <laughs> from other people. So they didn't get injured. <laughs> <laughs> That's the safe thing to do. Yeah. I'll just remove myself while I sort this out. <laughs> or before I say something, like for me, I don't want to say something that I'm going to regret, right? And I've learned right. how to, you know, know when to be silent. Yeah. When yeah, to exactly. just go inward and say, okay, what's happening? How did that person trigger that in you, you know? Right. 
And like you so, said, healthily remove myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to give myself a so time powerful. out. Those, so even those, when was Henry Drummond? 1800s? 18th century, yes. He And Henry Drummond lived in love. He was exemplary in his practice. And uh, they called him the Prince of Peace. Wow. And I have a collection of all of his books. I love reading about him because he will show not only just writing about it, but he lived it. He right. lived it. And it's just just And amazing. we might think that's like old fashioned, but I think that that's not something that ever ages like that. It's something that we need to re-establish and bring back out as it's not an old practice. It's an, it's an eternal practice. Yes. Yes. Divine right? love, divine love, showing us the way. Henry Drummond had a beautiful quote, and I use this a lot in my work since I adopt his work, and I acknowledge that I adopt his work. He said, you will find when you look upon your life, the moments when you really lived are the moments when you've done things in the spirit of love. Oh, that's good. Excellent. It's so funny because I was going to say, do you have any final words of wisdom? But you're dropping so many bombs here. <laughs> <laughs> I get excited. I get excited about this topic. And as you say in your podcast, back to me, because every moment is a journey back to me. Yeah. Back to me so that I can be better, live in the spirit of love, radiate that out, know when I'm off track, and continue to be better. I have not reached the mountaintop by, by any means. I'm striving and practicing moment by moment. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy that I had a chance to talk with you. That, uh, that you came and you shared all of this recipe. Um, I'm going to put the recipe in the show notes, friends, so you can find it. I'm going to put all the links to find your books, all of your awesome. And definitely your show airs on Fridays. Yes, every Friday, live and on demand. And all of the shows are on the banner page for Love Light Voice America. If you even put my name in, Voice America Love Light, it'll pop up. And all the shows are listed categorically by the years, by the topics. And you can tune in and listen anytime you want at your convenience or live. And after we broadcast live, the show goes on demand. And I have guests Amazing. from all over the world. I'm going to have you on my show. <laughs> and, of uh, and we have listeners who tune in all around the world. Uh, Amazing. To our show. So I am it's such an important service. It's so important, I think, that to have all of that out there for people to access. So I think Friends, you've got to get over there and have a listen to all this love going on in the world. Have a big old love in. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've enjoyed our conversation immensely. And thank you so much, Heather. I, it is just a, a delight to be here on your show and to connect with your listeners. And thank you for all of the beautiful and wonderful work that you're doing to make the world better. Thank you Thank so you. much. I'm Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. My friends, check the show notes. 
share it with someone who needs some love and we'll see you next time. Take care. Hi, my friend. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you found it useful and you're like me and you like, like helping others, please feel free to share this. Just give it a like, give it a comment. If you found something useful in it, there's a chance that someone else will find something useful as well. Also, if you have any questions at all, I can absolutely help and I would love to help. You can email me at heather at prosperityflowcoaching.com. If you want more of this awesome content, you can follow me on Instagram, Heather Stewart Coaching. You can follow me on Facebook, Prosperity Flow Coaching. And I have a personal request. I want to help as many people as I can with these podcasts. And if you could give me a review, hopefully a good one, <laughs> if you could share, if you could send this out into the world, I would truly appreciate it. I hope you have an amazing day. And I hope that you find your way to wellness by getting back to me. Take care, my friend.